Hey, Brock. Good morning. Man, how's it going? Pretty good. Yeah, the time zone uh, messed me up. I had no, I, I don't know. I thought I had, had properly set it up to uh, work, but then I couldn't access it. But now we're all set. Yeah, I, uh, I still get confused about the time zone. It's actually weird, especially in Arizona, because they like they don't do daylight saving or uh, yeah, daylight savings. So, like for half of the year, when you should be basically mountain time or Pacific time. So you're either three hours behind or two hours behind, depending on, you know, what's going on uh, compared to the East Coast, at least. So, Right. You're in that uh, nebulous area that depending on the time of year, you could be on one time zone or the other. Exactly. Yeah. I, I don't know why they do that, but yeah, they do, do their own thing here. Yeah. Well, I uh, I don't know if anybody will ever hear this or if this just goes down as a technical test, but uh, I'm glad that I was able to kind of intrigue you enough to try out this project with me. Yeah, man. Yeah. Who, who knows? We'll, we'll see where it goes. But, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm glad you got in touch because it's something I've been thinking about for a while. So um, I think we're kind of in the same camp where <laughs> probably wouldn't have done it, you know, uh, taking the initiative on my own. But, uh, um, you know, I'm glad you did. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, we have we have about ten episodes that we'll do as our limited like trial run, and then we'll see people like this, and if we can keep it going, and if people want us to do it. If not, we got ten episodes in the can that can uh, stick as like a time capsule for a tried style fashion entrepreneurship podcast. Yeah, sounds good. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I wanted to learn more about you too because I uh, I read your blog, and I read uh, you know you're, you're building your business and you've got your your very targeted kind of modest man um, things that I wanted I even just from having others learn more about you and learn about I I was just more curious about like your background I know uh, you're from DC now you live out in Arizona and uh, just a little bit of your background. Yeah, um, yeah, from from East Coast. I was actually born in New York, uh, upstate New York. I grew up in D.C. and I've been in Arizona for uh, exactly one year now, actually. And what part of upstate New York? Uh, Binghamton. Oh, I was born in Poughkeepsie. Okay, nice. Yeah, yeah, small world. Yeah, my uh, my dad and his his whole side of the family is from. Uh, Pennsylvania, so Scranton, Pennsylvania, and uh, he was like an IBMer for the first half of his career. So they had a big headquarters up in Binghamton, and then we actually moved down to DC or, or Maryland outside of DC because uh, IBM also had a big uh, a big headquarters down there. So, um, so yeah, kind of grew grew up in that area and. Uh, Worked various. I went to the University of Maryland, uh, graduated in '07, and worked various, you know, nine to five jobs um, for I don't know five years after that, uh, and then started the Modest Man. Worked for another four years <laughs> while I tried to uh, tried to build that up into something, and then quit my last job. Let's see, at the end of 2015. To, uh, to focus on the blog full time. So, yeah, it's it's funny how 
it's grown a lot more in the last year than it had in the first three years when I was doing it as a side hustle. So it's kind of funny how that works. Yeah, that's the, uh, I just watched the Warren Buffett documentary and all he constantly talks about compound, compound interest. And that's kind of, uh, I'm seeing, I'm seeing a similar thing. So that was, I would, I'm glad to have that sort of background. We will do a whole episode on like how you started, why you started some of that background. So we'll, we'll save that for later. I wanted to do a nice overview and that's good. Um, actually my dad was also an IBMer. He, uh, hmm. worked in Poughkeepsie and I guess, if you're up in upstate New York, the chances are pretty high you are associated with IBM just because of how many, how big they are and how many employees. So, uh, yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, my dad was there from uh, like '85 to '94, I think, around around that time because we were. I was born in Poughkeepsie. He worked at IBM. They moved him out to uh, Cleveland, and then I spent a few years in Cleveland, and then uh, moved back to Pittsburgh. My my actually my my grandfather's brothers are, are the ones that immigrated from Ireland and landed in Pittsburgh. They were with the, uh, they were with the seminary. And so my family's always been in Pittsburgh. And so we kind of did like a triangle. We went up to Poughkeepsie over to Ohio and then, then down to Pittsburgh. And so, uh, that's my home base now. And, uh, yeah, pretty cool. IBM. That's interesting. Yeah. It's funny. They're just so big. It's like, there's these entire communities that, <laughs> you know, revolve around that company. But, um, apparently I don't, I mean, what did your dad think? Is he, my, my dad, I think really enjoyed his time there. Oh yeah. My dad has stories about, you know, he was using some of the very first like cellular technology devices and he was responsible for like field testing those. And so, uh, you know, he was always, he was the reason that we had a computer at our own, at our house. I mean, we were one of the only ones on our street that had a computer and internet because he was kind of using it at work and it was enough to get him curious, um, to, to have one of those at home. I can remember so fondly, he would bring back, um, you know, like the dot matrix printer papers, he would bring back scraps of that and he would use the computer to print out on the back of it. So he'd have, you know, all the IBM reports and stuff that I guess he could bring home that wasn't sensitive. He would bring those papers home and then he would use the computer to print out like coloring sheets from, whatever internet site you could use in 1994, 1995. And you would print coloring sheets out on the back of these that I could then color in uh, on the pages. And so that was like so crazy to everybody, all the kids on my street, because he was able to like create coloring books. And it was such a, how far we've come in such a short amount of time. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. It's crazy that like we, how old are you? Um, I like to keep that nebulous. Okay. All right. Cool. Yeah. People it's, can it's, find it. My LinkedIn is out there. People could find it. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm 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 32, but it's like we're like the last. I mean, I'm assuming you're somewhere around that age. You know, we're kind of like the last people who remember growing up before the internet or even really having a computer. Like I remember getting a computer, and it came with, you know, like one of the first mouses, and it had this little piece of software to learn how to use the mouse, just to understand the whole concept of it. Uh, and it was like a little game <laughs> and it's just crazy to, you know, even my younger siblings will just never, never know that life. <laughs> yeah, I think we're one of the last ones that could uh, recreate the sound of a, of a dial tone or connecting to the internet because everybody beyond us wouldn't even have heard it. Yeah. Well, you're just, an old you're just already connected. <laughs> 
All right, cool. Good to know your background a little bit. Well, this was more of a, this is just more of the pilot. I don't think we need to really jump into, um, we, we kind of had a topic, you know, starting an online channel business. So, uh, we'll talk about the background. Uh, I'm just more curious than, uh, are you, do you like, are you into movies? Are you curious about the Oscars? Are you excited about that? Is that something you get into? You know, I don't, I don't actually, uh, make it a priority to watch any of the award shows. Um, I actually don't even have like direct TV or cable or anything like that. Um, although I guess it's probably streaming these days, but, um, I do like movies and I always keep an eye on which movies are, you know, getting, uh, notoriety and winning awards just to make sure I put them on the list. But, uh, but no, I don't really follow, you, you know, the Oscars or, or the Grammys or anything like that. Um, I, I do, uh, I do watch movies and I try to be pretty selective about what I watch. So, uh, yeah, I'll be keeping an eye on, you know, what wins and everything like that. Actually, the last one I watched was, uh, Arrivals, which I thought was, was pretty good. Oh yeah. I really liked Arrival. Mm-hmm. Well, we won't spoil that, but uh, I think it was one of it was it absolutely deserves a few of those awards because it was really really powerful film. I think I just like that it was based in it was based in science. I mean, it was it was a sciency movie, and it was all about problem solving, and and it's so unique that you don't see that type of uh, you don't see that type of film. Yeah, it was it was very unique, and uh, it was just well done. I, I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of do you, do you ever watch there's a there's a YouTube channel called Nerd Writer? Every single week. I I hope yeah. I hope we can get Evan on here for a future episode because I find him so I mean I I think my wife's sick of me talking about him because every week I come home on uh I think he posts on Wednesday. It's sometimes it's Tuesday or Wednesday depending on the week and I'll come home and I'll be like you have to watch Evan's new video. Uh like just this week he did the Martin Luther King speech and uh yeah, the, the arrival video that he did I thought was was really good. Yeah, it was. And it's his whole, you know, he's got this whole philosophy about this trend of like decent movies or even bad movies, like passable movies, I guess. And, uh, and yeah, his whole thing about Arrival being an answer to that, you know, an example of like really good filmmaking, I thought was just spot on. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was pretty happy with that. Uh, what Do you know I, him? I don't. I think that uh, okay. I think I should send him a five paragraph long email like I did to you. Maybe we'll get him on here. Yeah, well, you know what? That's I mean, that's like the whole, uh, you know, if this if this thing gets some traction, that's what's so great about having platforms like this. Is you can just reach out to people you never met and be like, hey, I got this. You know, can we interview you? And really, it's just like, can I just talk to you for an hour? <laughs> yeah, well, like him or uh, you know, every week I listen to uh, Art of Manliness. They don't have a regular po- podcast posting cadence, uh, but they post. They seem to post two a week sometimes, and I listen to every one. I think Brett McKay does. Uh, some really awesome work, not just for the very long like guides and uh, things that he does, but you know he gets great guests on his podcast and he asks them really good questions. So it, it always ends up being a good, uh, good discussion. Yeah, yeah, bro. I actually met him once. Um, I've I've written for him, uh, which was awesome because his site is very popular. So that was like a really a really good opportunity. Um, but I've only met him once. I don't think he goes to like too many conferences or anything like that. But he came out to uh, StyleCon, I think, two years ago and gave a really good talk. So, yeah, he's just very, very thoughtful, well-spoken guy. What are Do you have any podcasts that you listen to like every week, like anything regular that you really enjoy? 
Well, I've been listening to uh, The Daily, The New York Times. Um, it's like a short form, I think like 20 minute or less podcast. Um, it's just like a catch up on what's going on, mostly in like politics and news. Um, so that's, that's like my morning, you know, making breakfast podcast just to know what's going on. Um, the only one that I've, I mean, I listen to a lot of them, but the only one that I've really stuck to is the Tim Ferriss show. I've been listening to that for, you know, I don't know however long he's been doing it. And, uh, and that, that's one that I try not to miss, although the episodes are kind of long. So you, you, know, you either have to have some time or you have to split it up and do a couple of, uh, you know, gym sessions or something like that. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a meaty one. I, I listened to his for a while. I kind of cherry pick his catalog now. I don't go into every single one for that reason because they're long. And uh, he does he does post a lot and pretty regularly. I want to I want to get his uh, Tools of Titans book that was kind of a a confluence of all of those interviews that he's done. It looks really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, do you do you have any that uh, that you subscribe to and listen to every episode? Yeah, I have a few of those. So so for Tim Fer- or, or for any of these, do you speed them up? Yeah, I do for some of them. Uh, yeah, like for Tim Ferriss, I think that's like that's a good candidate for listening to at uh, a faster speed. Uh, some some of the other podcasts I listen to are more like stories, you know, storytelling. Like I think like Lore is a really cool podcast. The Micro, um, the way I heard it, which you know you kind of lose some of the magic if you speed it up. So. Oh yeah, that's what that's my wife's main argument. I speed so I listen uh, with with an app called Overcast, and this like head one of the headlining features of Overcast is that they have this thing called Smart Speed, which intelligently identifies blank uh, blank spaces in audio and deletes them, which is really good for like interviews or or more of a conversation. But you're right, uh, what she always gives me crap about is because then uh, they're set up in a way to create this uh, story and create this kind of feeling. And then I also listen to it at two times speed because I listen to a lot of them and I, that's the only way that I can get through so many. And so much. That's, my wife hates listening to anything with me in the car because, uh, I always, I always say how weird it sounds. Like when I hear, I'll listen to, um, any of the guy Raz, either the Ted radio hour, or he, he also does, um, mm-hmm. he also does how I built this, which is part of the inspiration for why I want to speak to other like creators is there's always these good stories about, you know, the good stuff and the bad stuff and how I set this company up. But, uh, anytime I hear him on the radio, he sounds so weird to me because I'm so used to hearing him sped up that to, I think it's also affected my, um, uh, my hearing ability. So I can, I can process what I hear really well, but when I speak to somebody else, if I, if I sense a pause or if the conversation is not moving along very quickly, I get antsy and then I try to talk more. And so it's in a way almost like rewired my brain to expect fast, quick conversation, which just continues ongoing. And so I don't know, maybe I'm like a case study for why you shouldn't speed things up or in the opposite, how I can be more productive because I can take in more data. I don't know. Yeah, that, that, that is really interesting. It's funny because it, it almost depends on the platform, I think, with uh, like speed of like audio processing because like if, if you're listening to uh, a talk for like in, in real life, in person, like a presentation, it's like most people say 
you know, if you're presenting, like, slow down a little bit, you know, like, give people a chance, have plenty of pauses, plenty of air, and that's kind of, like, just what people do when they're giving presentations or if you're in a meeting or at a conference or whatever. But then if it's, like, YouTube, like, you want to you wanna keep it moving. You know, like you don't want to give – it's, like, the people's attention spans are so much different depending on what platform they're using. Yeah, I think podcasts are the same way where, for the most part, unless it's, like, a, a very produced – well-crafted story that, you know, has music and sounds and intentional pauses. I think it, for the most part, people, people can process stuff way faster than they're, they're given, you know? So, but yeah, you're right, man. You probably, <laughs> you probably rewired your brain a little bit. Yeah. That, uh, Cause I'm, I'm doing a, uh, a conference talk next week for work and uh, whenever I'm practicing, I time myself and then I'm trying to like add like two and three minutes of time just on the same content so that I can make sure that I'm, I mean, I can, I can process it that fast, but I know others, uh, you know, need to go slower. So, but who knows, maybe, uh, maybe conferences and more speakers will just start speaking faster because everybody has just short attention spans. I think it's why you lose. I mean, sometimes you'll see people in audiences that pull up their phones and it's, uh, that's about the worst thing you can see as a presenter. I think, yeah, that, that is true. I mean, it might be changing, um, you know, with just how popular YouTube is and how, how people are getting their information. I mean, I know a lot of the the most popular channels, like I, I watch um, Philip DeFranco. I don't know if you know yeah, him. I'm subscribed to him. Yeah, and, and he's, his, I mean, his is just like lightning speed. You know, he's, they're editing. I don't know how they do those transitions, but it's just like, there's just, you know, no breaths, no pauses. Um, but it's very, it's very easy to consume. Like it's not, I mean, you have to pay attention or you'll miss something, but it's not, it doesn't feel overwhelming or anything. So yeah, maybe, maybe we're all kind of getting rewired. Yeah. That's been part of my challenges. Some of my unboxing videos are like seven, eight minutes long. And I've been trying to maybe whether it's speak faster or give less detail in order to cut the time down. But, uh, like my average view duration is up above four minutes. So I know that it, it's people are at least watching it. And I think there is this, I think as part of the, the growth of podcasts and the growth of YouTube, there are people who, if they have time, they'll invest it. If they have, if they're looking for information, they'll want to watch it. And so, uh, even on my shorter videos, the watch, the watch duration percentage isn't necessarily raising like my, I have a 25 or almost 25 minute, uh, BMW review. And, uh, for my electric car and, uh, the, the watch time is still like 50, 60%, which I think that's why I'm just ranked so highly when you search for a BMW review. Um, yeah, I I've been trying to cut that down. I like, I like the format of your stuff though. I mean, you obviously take some, take some time to craft like your scripts and what you'll say and, and you're able to have a pretty good, uh, length. Yeah, I, I don't, I'm trying to figure that out. I was actually just talking to um, Raphael uh, from Gentleman's Gazette, and he's like very analytical, uh, and he he like really digs deep into the analytics of his videos, and you know watch duration and when people drop off, and he tries to figure out like what happens. Um, so not necessarily making the video shorter, but making sure that like if he notices that people are dropping off at the three and a half minute mark, he's like, okay, what can I do in my videos at the three and a half minute mark to keep people interested or change things up or something like that. So I think it's different for different channels. I mean, there's 
like there's there's one uh, vlogger, like fitness vlogger that I watch, Max Tuning, and his videos are pretty long. And I don't know, bit, for some reason, people don't seem to mind. I'm sure his watch time is well above 10 minutes. And it's just the format. The way you find yourself watching keeps them, I bet. Like you find yourself sitting through most of most of his video. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty much watching him to the end. And a lot of the times he'll, he'll do something at the end or towards the end that's like a funny edit or just something like that. So you kind of, you want to stick around for it. So I don't know. I, I, I don't think there's a right format, but, but yeah, I think you have to make sure if your videos are long that they're, there's enough going on, you know, enough uh, variation, I guess, that people aren't getting bored. Or it's always a safe bet just to make a really short, really well edited, you know, punchy video yeah definitely well let's see we had uh i think we're coming up on 20 minutes how about uh we can wrap up maybe we'll just talk about like one of our style pet peeves so we can keep this kind of fashion and style related like what's a what's something that you see on a regular basis that you just wish you could eliminate or change that's a good one yeah i always i always want to talk about fit but it's i feel like it's almost like overdone, but it is so important, um, especially for for my audience. You know, the the, the shorter guys. Um, it's top of mind. I was just uh, researching for. I'm writing an article about uh, over forty style, like style for like older guys. Not that's old, but you know, just guys who like basically want to dress their age and not really not look like they're trying to look young. And so I was trying to find like celebrities who were good examples to use for this article. And one of the guys that kept coming across is Robert Downey Jr. And he's just like, he's one of those people who looks awesome when someone else dresses him. <laughs> but when he makes his own decisions, he just, he doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> and so like, you'll see him in this like Tom Ford suit, you know, and designer sunglasses. And you, you just know he's wearing $10,000, you know, and his pants are like six inches too long. And he's got basketball sneakers on. And I'm just like, face palming, you know? So I think that's, that, I don't know. I mean, that's like several pet peeves in one, but you know, first of all, the sneakers with a suit look, chances are you can't pull off. I know I can't, you know, chances are you can't pull it off. So don't, don't, don't try. And, uh, and then obviously just get your pants hemmed. Yeah. That means a good one. Yours is more broad. I think my number one would probably be cargo shorts. I just wish I could erase them forever. I don't know why they still exist or, just like the baggy, the baggy cargo shorts. Just for some reason, those are the ones that I always like. My eye, my eye is just drawn to them as like, what is, what are you doing? Why are you still wearing those? Yeah, it's it's funny when you tell there. There's a group of people who, when you if you tell them that, they'll say, well, I have a, I have to carry my things. Like, <laughs> what are you carrying? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm totally guilty of it. I wore cargo shorts up until like 2009, until one of my uh, my roommates was like, why are you wearing cargo shorts? And then I, 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 it was, for me, it was jean shorts and cargo shorts. I wore up until almost 2010. And then my, my roommate was like, you just have to get rid of those. It's, it's, it's we're done with those. And so that was, that was actually part of my, my journey to the channel was, was having some people that I worked with and that I lived with that were like, why, are, why are you still wearing jean shorts? Let's just, uh, let's, let's keep going. They weren't like fashionable jean shorts. That was the problem. Yeah, well, that then that's the thing. Like now, now you see all these. You'll see brands come out with like you know really slim fit like tailored cargo shorts, and it's like, yeah, they fit, but it probably still look better without the pocket. You know? Yeah, 
we're just we're just so classic. That's that's what it is. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe to a fault. I don't know. I mean, you know, this stuff it's all cyclical. I'm sure they'll be they'll be back with a with a vengeance in like five years. Yeah, I guess we're we're just more about being uh, being classic and on trend. So you could wear cargo shorts if they were on trend. Just don't look out of place. I think that may be the better uh, the better message. Yeah, yeah, true. And, and you know, if a bunch of people are are saying the same thing, like for you, if a bunch of people are saying ditch the cargo shorts, even if you love them, maybe it's time to ditch them. Yeah, well, I think that's pretty good. That's a pretty good spot. So we'll uh, we're gonna see how how this works out, and we'll put this in the can. I know uh, whenever this whenever this posts, people will be talking about the Oscars, and so that'll be a little bit out of date. But uh, you know, we'll just see uh, people respond to this and kind of go from there. I'll catch up with you probably next week. Sounds good, man. Talk to you then. All right. See you, Brock. Thank you for listening to Buttoned Up, a podcast project by Brock McGoth of The Modest Man and John Shanahan of The Cavalier, and we will see you next week.